and welcome to Miss Bossy Boots, keeping it real for women in business. We are back with Brooke Mags and we're so excited to have Brooke in the studio, so much so that we're going to skip all of our normal palaver that we do at the beginning of an episode, right Jane? Right Stace. <laughs> and go straight back into the conversation that we were having last week. So if you didn't get to hear last week's episode, uh, you may want to turn up your stereo or turn up your AirPods or however you're taking in this podcast because you won't want to miss this conversation. And the word that kind of got us all excited when we first started talking about it was the word sensuality. Brooke, you must use that word all the time, but I never say it. I know because ever it feels a bit awkward sometimes. It does. Sensuality. It does, and that's probably because we don't don't listen enough. So um, we have Brooke Mags with us. She has a business called She Desires, and it's about um, well, we heard about what it was, what what it kind of covered last last episode. Um, Brooke described it as vitality, um, but it's a different kind of vitality to what we're used to. This is is as Stace just mentioned it's more about our sensuality and last episode we kind of touched on some of the things that might could that, that might be happening in our relationships with our husbands or our, our long-term partners if we're mothers and, and if we have businesses and we're so busy in you know ticking off the to-do list and we put ourselves last and our sensuality our sexuality you know our sex life full stop can sometimes be neglected and Brooks started this fantastic movement where she's actually, most importantly, opening up the conversation about this and um, helping women to become more aware about some of the strategies, some of the feelings and some of the strategies that that the females can take. Um, So we we touched on some of the, um, I guess, the issues last last episode, and, and I really do... Um, implore you to go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it because it will put a lot of this stuff in in context. Um, but we said we we talked a little bit about you know our husbands or or partners kind of coming up and giving us a kiss and and us brushing it off. And and you posed a couple of questions around. Well, these are the questions that you might want to ask him and uh, ask yourself. Sorry to get yourself in the in the headspace. What does love feel? What does what were the questions? When I think of love, I think of whatever, and when I desire, I feel. Right. So part of this process, Brooke's been telling us, is that it's about actually becoming aware, first of all. What's the next step? After awareness <laughs> is the doing. Um So the next step really is understanding maybe what are the barriers for yourself around why might you not be in touch with your sensuality? And we talked last episode about a couple of things, like when you're caretaking, um, that sense of duty um, that you might feel around it and that numbness or the dis- the numbness in your body or the disconnection from your mind and, and your body. Um, but a couple of other things um, might be getting in the way. And the main one really is around our own ideas about sensuality like we started this episode saying it can be really we don't use the word that often Um, and I think what we think of sex when we think of sex or what we think of sensuality often stops us from exploring it stops us from considering things with an open mind the best way I can explain it is it's like something sharp is rubbing up against your sensibilities and it just feels like a bit it just feels 
unsafe. It can feel dangerous, in yes. psychologically dangerous, I mean. I love that analogy. Yeah. Yes. Or, and disgust can often be at the, the tip of your tongue as well. And I think that's because of how we internalise what we think about things. So shame is a huge uh, issue or challenge when it comes f- um, to re-embracing your sensuality because what we think it, you know, represents there's so much cultural conditioning around so that shame and that, what was the word you used? Dis- yeah, the discomfort yeah. and the disgust. Disgust, that, yes. Yeah. yes. And, but what do you mean shame and disgust? Is it, um, what, what, yeah, dive d- into that d- a bit. Yes. So even though we are supposedly in the 21st century and we're very free thinking and, you know, the pursuit of individualism and all of that should mean that we feel freer. But our limiting beliefs about what love means uh, in terms of that it's sacred, you know, sex when you're in love is sacred, which it is, um, that it's personal. There's still a lot of um, people who really want to keep that very private and that's okay. But then on the other extreme, we see, you know, porn and BDSM and and so where on the spectrum do I sit? It's like, oh, well, if I don't want vanilla and uh, if I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, I want to make things a bit more exciting, well, where do we go yes. from there? Yes, What's the next the por- step? Yes, because then it's the other extreme of, yeah. of the porn or whatever, which yeah. does have the shame and dis- disgust exactly. wrapped around it. Okay, exactly. I get it. So yeah. it's like the Madonna whore complex. You know, you're either this pure mother figure or you're not, <laughs> you know, you're promiscuous and you're out and about, but there is a spectrum. So I always encourage my clients to just go one little step, one step, and that might be reading something you know reading an uh, you know a piece of fiction or it could just be um introducing one thing into the bedroom as opposed to like let's go and get the whips and the chains and (laughs) (laughs) you know go and learn how to tie out with the japanese whatever it is you know i i think so i think sometimes it's fear i know for me for a long time it was fear coming from a religious background as well right um, and so I'm not I'm not advocating that we all go out and you know get crazy, but I am saying that exploration or an open mindedness, both in having conversations with our partner, um, is a way to kind of bring back that spark, um, and it creates a sense of excitement. But it it doesn't have to be the extreme, and that's I guess the point I really want to make is it's just we call it a zone of proximity, right? The, the just the next step. Yes, out. that makes sense. You know, Baby steps. Maybe introducing a feather, you know, something benign that, yes. that feels good. And the goal really there is, and we talked about it in last episode, is because we're not in our bodies, um, anything that we can introduce that helps us feel a sensation and drop in is probably the best place to start. I love that concept of dropping in as soon as you said it last episode I was like yes so much of my life is very numb is very brain heavy is very I need to rush to get to this because then I've got this appointment and this needs to happen and this lunch needs to be packed and and it's very rare that I feel dropped in yes can you explore that a little bit more for us Yes, and it's such a challenge, right? I was having this conversation with a client a while ago and she's like, I was literally lying there thinking, did I put the whites on? <sighs> I'm, yes. The kids are going to need that shirt tomorrow. Uh, can you just pause? 
and she got up and put a load of washing on. And it's like, that's the challenge. It is the ongoing challenge. So how I advocate or um, how I've been trained to drop in um, is through using the desire map framework, which is basically just identifying the core feelings that you want to feel. And you can start by when you're feeling good, when you're doing something that feels good, thinking about what is the actual feeling you're feeling. So I'll give you an example. When I'm feeling stressed and overwhelmed, I go to the beach. But why does the beach make me feel calm? It makes me feel like a sense of spaciousness. And that's exactly, that's what I like, the sense of spaciousness. I like the feeling of the sand on my feet and it connects me to my environment and then to myself. And it's another sense, sensory thing, yes. the sand, the yes. wind, the, so you actually feel it on your body. Yes, so it's it's actually you've really just actually got to wake yourself back up, and uh, it some of it is brain. I mean, um, thoughts are the vocabulary of the brain, feelings are the vocabulary of the body, and that's why I like design mapping because it's practical. It still it still says, well, I want I don't know to buy this house or I want this job or I want to go on this holiday. Um, so I know you were talking a few weeks ago, Jane, about smart goals, and it freaks you out if it's not like you really want clear goal goal yes you want an actual outcome (laughs) and so talking about feelings can feel really abstract for people and they're like I don't have time for that you know and they just dismiss it but it's not that it's it's more just okay well the goals that I am chasing what is it that I want to feel when I achieve that goal yes and and that's um that, see, that's that would really be a challenge for me to prioritise. Yeah. It's because it's it completely switches my thinking, you know. And and I think anything before I got so crazy in life, you know, when you do things to feel good, it's probably really subconscious. So you're not having to put that conscious thought into it. Yeah. And one thing I was going to say and applaud you for is your healthy choice of how you make yourself feel good in a stressful situation. Because, you know, one of my vices is where's the bottle of Chardonnay and can you pour me a big one? And I don't <laughs> glass. And I I don't I think, you know, from what you're saying, that's probably that's masking you know, ra- rather than awakening, that's masking. And, I, and I've become aware of, of, of this mm-hmm. recently. I did FebFast and I think have just become so much more intuitive about, you know, why am I re- reaching for that glass of wine? It's, it's for, you know, metabolically, you know, physiologically it could just be the sugar hit. Mm. Emotionally, I think it's just that hit of something calm my freaking brain down. Yeah. But instead of going to the beach and dropping in and I'm, you know, just dropping into a nice glass of Chardonnay. And you make a good point. I mean, we are in this sort of pressure-filled environment, right? It is unrealistic to think that something's not going to give, right? So these drink, you know, having a nice glass of wine, going to the beach, whatever you choose, yoga, whatever it is, um, lots of chocolate, Um it, it is necessary to let off steam. I guess, though, it's thinking about am I doing it to numb, like you said, or am I looking to awaken? And you talked about this being a movement in the last podcast, and I think it is actually like a revolution because it is terrifying to awaken. It feels like a 
giant act of courage and vulnerability, um, which isn't easy. And if there isn't a framework and you're just like, all right, well, yeah, I do want more. I do want more intimacy. I do want to feel more joy. I do want to feel lighter is probably a way I could explain it, you know, less burdened. Well, that's all well and good, but I've still got all of these things that I have to do. And I still live in an environment where I see my husband and there's no new terrain to explore because we've been together for a long time. And this is where I think understanding a little bit more about desire can be useful because desire is more than the physical. Desire for women. So desire is diffuse in women, meaning that desire works on lots of planes. It's in our emotions. It's in our ideas. And in fact, it's more in our emotions and our ideas than it is in our bodies. And so part of, I guess, the awakening is not just awakening your body with, through sensory, but it's um, it's awakening your mind. And that's why I began this by saying one of the antidotes is exploration, because you you actually have to wake up your mind, your body and your senses and really start to be open to just asking questions and testing. And you might test and think, I never am going to do that again, or no, that doesn't feel good for me, or I'm not even going to go there. That's okay. Because you'll find something else. But it's it's not in the doing, it's in the testing. It's in the the exploration in itself. Yes. The Does journey. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The journey as opposed to the destination, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. And one of and look, one of the challenges really is is that um, there's some risk in that. So uh, the leading research talks about healthy relationships or long, long thriving relationships are really how well you can navigate the tension between um, togetherness and separateness. And so how can, and this was going back to that question, how can I stay connected to me while I'm also connecting with you? It's like we as women give up our sense of agency. We put ourselves to the bottom um, and we don't really th- see that maintaining our sensuality or really stoking that fire is like the silver bullet to feeling good. I mean, yes. honestly, you hear all the jokes, right? Yes. Oh, she just needs, to, you know, yeah. whatever, right? There's a reason for that, yeah. you know. So you can take all the supplements and go to a thousand yoga classes um, all you like or just really sen- – I feel like sensuality is like a hack, Yes. It's like a life hack. We don't have a lot of time. It's like 15 minutes, boom, I'm a rock star and I'm out. Yes. And all of a sudden I feel more amazing than I felt in two weeks. Yes. Yes. So yes. it doesn't have to be hard. Yes. But it is. But it can seem hard it if, feels it's, hard. if it's a distant memory. Yes. Because you forgot, I mean, it used to be so easy and it used to involve no thought and no consciousness and do you know what I mean? You just used to do it and there was that freedom to it. But now it's like a whole different different job. It feels like work. <laughs> yeah. It does. I'm so glad someone said that. It does. Yeah. It feels like work. It feels like work. Yeah. 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 And you're right. Uh, we can't really, we're not that motivated to do something if we can't feel. Like emotions um, heighten our memories. And so if we feel good about something and we can remember how good it felt, we're more likely to do it again. I think there's that saying, yes. right? Um, 
you know, no one wants to go to the gym, but after the gym, you always feel good. Yes. Right? I think the same applies. Yes. Yeah. Um, but if you can't remember, if it's been so long, if you really are numb and because you're in parenting mode and doing mode for a really long time, that just feels really foreign. Yes, it does feel really foreign. So my question is kind of linked to that in that what about that functionality? Now, I spoke last episode about my body feels very functional now. And we talked about the road back and you said, I've got a couple of things to hit you with before that. How do I, Where is the road back? How do I find that road between my body's, a, you know, a pumping machine mm-hmm. and it has been for a very long, it's either a producing or a, <laughs> and a pumping, growing. And you mean and like breast milk, pumping. not like <laughs> sexual Yes, pumping. let's thank you, Jane, for making that <laughs> incredibly clear. <laughs> We're talking about it. I know. Yes, yes. So, yes, I'm very functional. How do I get back to any kind of feeling of my body is yours? Oh my god! (laughs) I didn't even. I didn't even think about that. Mm. Is is it? It might. (laughs) Is it really? It might not feel feel like it. It really doesn't. Yeah, Uh, that's super normal, right? Um, they colonise our bodies mm-hmm. mm, and then never leave. No. <laughs> Hopefully eventually. Yeah. This is what we're all hoping, right? Yeah, uh, um, yeah where's the way back? Um, look, through journaling, through movement of body, through giving yourself permission to consider yourself as a sensual being, and that's a big one. Big. Mm. So I have my clients journal... Um, this question, what do you need to give yourself permission to be? And I think um, we talked about it before, but maybe it feels icky to be a sensual being when you're also a mum. So it's thinking about, okay, well, do I actually need to carve out time to be the sensual being? You know, we know that we, we can't divide ourselves. I mean, I, I get that, but mentally we can yeah. divide ourselves and we do divide ourselves yeah so how can you kind of come back together and just even taking the time to have that thought process is the baby step towards being able to get there 100 percent. i think you know a lot of my clients are really skeptical to begin with because there's a lot of journaling with prompts and they're like i don't see how this is going to help me like i don't get it um but what we're doing is we're shifting our thoughts about ourselves. We're considering, it's almost like we're holding up ourselves to a light and looking at it at different angles and starting to see things or even be open to seeing ourselves as sensual beings. Um, some of the writing prompts also take you back and they'll, I'll say, you know, close your eyes and remember the last time you felt really sexy. Where were you? Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you think about no, you know? No, yeah. No, I can't. What was I wearing? Yeah. What was you know? Was and- I twenty three? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, it's hard. Yes. But, so if we can't really remember that time that we just felt like we were on fire, that's the best way for me to explain it. Then it's re- it, it makes it more challenging. But it's not impossible. You know, it, I was there, right, five years ago, and so numb. So, so numb. I didn't even know what was going on in my own life. That's how numb I was. And it's an, it is a slow burn. It is a let's just start to consider these things. Let's start to think about 
prioritizing, and we always talk about prioritizing self-care. I mean, boo to that. Like, yeah. I think we what sits underneath that, why we don't isn't that we don't have time, it's that we don't have clear priorities because we're not motivated on an emotional level to take action. And this is my challenge because how do I get women to take action when they can't feel it and they're not that motivated to feel it because A, they can't remember it or B, it feels like work or C, I don't have time to examine that because life is life. Is life life is happening. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you talked a lot about your clients. Who Who's coming to you and how are they how are how they coming? Are they coming? To you? <laughs> when yes. can I come to yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> Dates? Yes. Uh, shall I get my, uh, my uh, calendar out? How are they coming to me? I think um, some of them come to me through workshops, um, just two-hour intro workshops where you have the opportunity to do some journaling, some self-reflection. So I sort of force that space to be carved out in your life because you attend and you're away from your life and you get that reflection time. Um, some prefer to do it one-on-one. Um, so I take them through the design map process, which is basically how do we drop from our busy head down into our bodies. Let's start there and then let's work on awakening because the research says if we can broaden our experience of pleasure outside of the bedroom, I mean, so that is paying attention to what makes us feel good and doing more of that and giving ourselves permission to do more of that. None of this, I have done all the washing, I've done all the vacuuming, I have cleaned this entire house, I deserve to go out with my friends and have a glass of wine tonight. Yes. You know, when we act from a place of deserving, what we're really saying is I I don't think I'm worth this investment because I have to justify it. (sighs) (laughs) This is just all sorts of aha moments are happening here in the studio. Yeah. So these are just some of those things. So, yeah, they come to me one-on-one and we do one-on-one programs uh, for 10 hours, usually the coaching program, or they come to the two-hour workshops. And um, sometimes, you know, just hearing a sentence is enough. Sometimes an, an aha moment is enough to shift your thinking and you ponder it. Lots of my clients, there's a bunch of free resources on my website, which are like the leading thoughts around love and desire. They're podcasts and YouTube videos. And so a lot of my clients, I actually just say, start there. Yes. (laughs) Do some reading. And then for those clients that might go, okay, I've been to your workshop, I've kind of done a bit of reading and, and I really need your help because, you know, like I'm... I'm like going to be like a Mack truck here <laughs> getting through this. What, how, do you, how, how do you help them get through that? Uh, so we start practically, I think, which is we all have commitments, we all have lives, we all have things we want to achieve and strive for. So it's unrealistic to think we can have all of these kumbaya moments, you know, where we sit and talk about our feelings for hours on end. I mean, it's unrealistic. Um, so it's a combination of uh, I listen I listen between the lines. So I'm an executive coach. That's what I did uh, through ComBank for 14 years. Um, So um, I take them through that framework basically uh, in order to understand what's the core, what's the root for them because everyone will be different. I mean, we have universal challenges, which we've just all talked about for the last two episodes, but you may one thing you might want to start to work on first like if everyone will pick up from this something different they'll go yes. no that feels like a good place to start for me yes so one client the good place to start for them was daily planning 
we actually planned so she had time to do the things that she wanted to do. Great. Practical, right? Great. Gave so her a planner. We did that. So it's quite a different solution for each person because not yeah. everyone, as you say, not yeah. everyone's going to be in, at the same spot. Yeah. Some some are just like, I want to explore sexually, but I'm too intimidated to go into a shop and I don't want to see all the hot pink gross latex stuff. I'm like, welcome to my shop. I have some beautiful things for you. And so they just start with a gift box. Yes. Um, others might start with feelings. Um, right. And others want to start with education because they, they, they just want to know more. And from that place, then they can determine their own action. So I'm a real believer that women know. Yes. They just might not think that they know. Yes. And so my role isn't to say, oh, well, here, you must do this step and this yep. step and this step. Yep. It's like here are all the things that are available to uh, shift your thinking, to uh, reclaim your own body, to feel like you've got permission, all of that jazz. But pick what works for you. So if you're one of the women that have stopped their car on the side of the road to listen to this conversation, <laughs> which I'm sure there are many, or turned up the headphones, we encourage you to take the next step because yeah. I've got certainly all the thoughts and Heath's going to be listening to this episode and going, well, thanks, Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> Brooke, Mags, thank you for coming into the Miss Bossy Boots <laughs> podcast studios. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yes, absolutely. And I think what's really, uh, it, because this is something that it might be like for Stace and I, like, wow, did you know, hadn't even thought about that. It's a new concept. So the fact that you can kind of dip your toes in with a little bit of reading, a little bit of research, perhaps attending a two-hour workshop and then working with yourself to kind of facilitate us on the journey as to, okay, what's the next step? And it doesn't have to be this kind of 10-step program that needs to be completed in a certain time and, you know, because then you'll have be kicked off the platform kind of thing. Um, it's not a pass or fail. It's no. a journey and, and you're there to, to help them with this. So where do people find out more about you and She Desires? Two places. Uh, at my website, which is shedesires.com.au and on my Instagram account, which is just at she underscore desires. Love it. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much I love much having for these conversations. Here. This was awesome. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of feedback from our listeners. So we would love to have you back for a follow-up episode if you would be keen yeah. for that because people will be hitting us up <laughs> on Facebook. If you want to get in touch, if you got something from um, this episode and from the last episode, which I'm sure you've got lots and lots of thoughts, please get in touch with us on Facebook. You can contact us at facebook.com slash Podcast. But the other thing is, too, I'll put Brooke's um, details in the show notes and, and when we post this episode on Facebook, because this is maybe not something that you'd like to, um, you know, converse with us publicly on, on our, our social media channels. So I'll put the links there so you can just go straight to the source. <laughs> Perfect. Even better. Brooke, thank you so much for joining us. Jane, thank you for another fabulous episode. Look forward to talking to you soon. Bye. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 